Hey, this is Tom Matthews, and you're listening to the Horror Homeschool Podcast. And remember, fuck you, Jason. Welcome back to another episode of Horror Homeschool. I'm Chris. And I'm Ashley. How are you, Ashley? I'm good. Um, today's America's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Cynthia McGowan, oh. happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, she, I had my family over and we had breakfast. So we ate um, chorizo, sausage, bacon, eggs, beans, potatoes, and tortillas. Oof, that sounds delicious. Chorizo is like a type of sausage with weird right. spices. I don't like it. Right. <laughs> but I didn't have an exciting breakfast like that at all. I think I had like a crumpet or something. Very British of me. <laughs> very British of you, but this was very Mexican, me- Mexican of, of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a Mexican mum, so what else could you have for Mother's Day breakfast? So. That's yep. awesome. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the mums in america out there i know it'll be a bit late this will won't come out on mother's day but whatever um <laughs> yeah that's cool um it's not mother's day here obviously um yeah y'all's mother's day was like two months ago wasn't it uh yeah i think so yeah yeah it was yeah I yeah think i think got... i just remember abby posting something about her mom yeah we got father's day coming up i think we share that day with you though probably because ours is in june yeah, um, for some reason, Mother's Day is different. See. I don't know why. Um, so how are you? What's going on with you? Anything fun? I'm okay. I'm cool. I've had busy weekends. Um, I've just done a bit of gardening. So um, You're an yeah, old man. Pretty tired, yeah. I've got, <laughs> I've got a house to keep. <laughs> I've got, it's, yeah, I, and I've got two gardens, so I've got a lot of work to do. But yeah, did some old man chores today. Um, nice. It was fine. I got stung by some nettles though, so that wasn't pleasant. Ooh, but, um, I hate when that happens. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about a horror movie, um, Friday Thirteenth horror movie in particular. Would you believe it? Um, we're halfway <laughs> through our Friday the Thirteenth marathon, and uh, we're on part seven right now. So uh, we're in the second half. Actually, the end is in sight. So don't worry. <laughs> we're still. <laughs> Still got some to do, but yeah, today we're talking about Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood. That was released on Friday the 13th of May in 1988. And by complete coincidence, we will be releasing this episode exactly 34 years after on Friday the 13th of May, 2022. The hell? 
and I'm turning 34 this year. This is all too spooky. <laughs> well, spooky. Um, so this movie has a new creative team on it. So unfortunately, Tom McLaughlin did not return. Um, mm, this one written by Daryl Hanny and Manuel Fidello and directed by John Carl Buccella. Um, I probably butchered all those names, but I'm, I'm not going to pronounce it. Um, so the synopsis is a very simple one. Jason Voorhees is accidentally freed from his watery prison by a telekinetic teenager. Now only she can stop him. And that's it. But yeah, it's uh, pretty accurate. So we've got some trivia. So director John Carl Buccella uh, has publicly fumed many times over the years about the number of edits required by the MPAA to avoid an X rating. So the film had to be submitted nine times to Motion Picture Association of America before being granted an R rating. And it stands as arguably the most heavily censored entry in the Friday the 13th series. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, any hopes of a complete uncut version of the film being released were dashed when it was revealed that the footage no longer exists as Paramount destroyed all of the outtakes. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> I guess back in the day, like, and especially on movies like this, they just, they didn't have the space, you know, because they actually physically had to store films. So for stuff like this, they'd just be like, well, no, there's there's literally no point in keeping this garbage, you know, (laughs) just fucking destroy it. Who wants to see this? Like, um, but little did they know that there'd be droves of uh, Friday 13th fans, you know, willing to give them big money to see all these uncut movies you know um but yeah it is what it is um so john john carl buccella i I keep i think i'm saying that name wrong b-u-e-c-h-l-e-r that kind of sounds like buccella but i I thought you were saying it right buccella i don't know this john fella anyway the director so (laughs) he was so impressed with kane hodder when he ate live worms on the set of Prison in 1987, that he pushed for Paramount Pictures to let him cast Kane uh, for the role of Jason. And if it had not been for John's persistence, then the role of Jason would have been reprised by C.J. Graham. So yeah, and that is uh, what Kane Hodder has to owe his uh, career on i guess (laughs) that he ate live worms and someone saw it and was impressed by that (laughs) that's uh that's interesting yeah um so so this film was originally intended to bring jason voorhees and freddy krueger together on screen for the first time however when paramount pictures um which at the time held the rights to friday 13th and new line cinema which holds the rights to nightmare on elm street couldn't agree behind the scenes the script was rewritten to pit jason up against telekinetic tina shepherd instead or in other words uh, carry from wish you know because <laughs> that's basically what it was carry um, from wish yeah what is like, that you know like when you said like the other day you sent me jared way from wish like this is like carry oh! <laughs> from wish <laughs> from wish it was uh, Gerard. It was it was Walmart Gerard way. A oh, Walmart Gerard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> we call we call things like that. Um, okay, so we have 
we have do- Dollar Tree. Dollar and Tree. We have Dollar General. Right. We have uh, Walmart. And like we use those three as <laughs> levels. Yeah. So he was Walmart Gerard Way, so he wasn't as bad as like Dollar Tree Gerard Way. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like he was he actually quite a lot good. Like Gerard Way. It, the funny thing was, like, when you sent me that video, um, when he started, like, singing along as, like, as he looked normally, I was like, that guy even looks a bit like Gerard Way. Like, you know, like, I, I cut him down, like, before he did the switch. Um, oh, my God. That that yeah. video made me laugh, literally laugh out loud <laughs> in my car on lunch. And I don't usually, because I don't usually laugh, like, out loud on stuff like that. But, man, that made me laugh so hard. Um, but, yeah. But, yes, um, Carrie. So, a, a wish version of Carrie. Yes, yeah. Well, Walmart Carrie, we got in this instead of Freddy Krueger. So I would have preferred Freddy Krueger for sure. Well, let me tell you, you will get that in a few years. I know time. I will. <laughs> that will happen, but in a completely different era. Um, tw- I don't know, like 20 years later, I guess, is when we get that. Something like that. Maybe even not that. Um, so what else have we got? Um, so this was the final role for Walt Gorney, who was the narrator in this film. Do you recognize that name or the voice? Did you recognize it? No. Crazy Ralph. I should have. uh, Crazy Ralph, he did the narration at the start, you know, when there was like the recap thingy. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was him. That was his last role. And um, Daryl Hanney's original script for this movie was called Friday the 13th Part 7, Jason's Destroyer. Which is a pretty fucking weak title, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say New Blood sounds better. Yeah, it does. Does sound better. Um, original writer Daryl Haney was fired after his agent contacted executive producer Frank Mancuso Jr. and told him that Haney would not do any more work on the project unless he received a large pay increase. Um, even though Haney had never told his agent to do such a thing. So the screenplay was then completed by a second unknown writer and credited as Manuel Fidello. So we will return to that little piece of trivia when we discuss the end of the film, because I think that's very evident that this movie kind of didn't have a writer (laughs) for the end part. (laughs) Um, So La Park Lincoln and Kevin Spritus did not get along while making Friday the 13th Part 7 The New Blood, despite playing the love interests. So much so that Spritus wrote his own script for Friday the 13th Part 8, where The New Blood was only a dream, and that his character Nick had killed Tina. (laughs) So the two... Yeah, so the two main... um, The two main people in the film fucking hated each other and uh i don't know i feel like you could tell that in some scenes like that they didn't like each other oh yeah there was no chemistry between them at all (laughs) and i'll i'll go into why there was no chemistry in a bit with another another bit of trivia but but yeah that's um it's wild that the dude like actually genuinely hated la park lincoln in real life weird like it's weird so, so much so that he wrote his own like fanfic like where, where she died like he killed her like that's kind of fucked up um 
So the opening monologue, which shows a dolly can zoom of the cemetery on a rainy night and a lightning bolt stri striking Jason's grave and the tombstone exploding, is actually the teaser trailer to Friday 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Yeah, I think that they yeah caught that. Um, so much of the film's score, credited to Harry Manfredini and Fred Mullin, is actually recycled music by Manfredini from previous Friday the 13th films. And Manfredini was given credit for the use of some of his music. However, Fred Mullin composed the rest of the score. Did he do the beginning, the opening one? Um, yeah, I think I th that must have been Harry Manfredini. I think oh, the... Um, I don't like this one. The, the bits where um, Walmart Harry was on screen, she had a very distinctive score didn't she it sounded to me just like the exorcist score like it was yeah. almost like a, a direct ripoff of exorcist slash carry um but yeah it was it was kind of evident that it was those parts were not harry manfredini um so in 1988 the year of your birth it was an amazing year for horror franchises so movies that also came out this year were a nightmare on elm street for the dream master Halloween for The Return of Michael Myers, Child's Play, Hellraiser 2, and Phantasm 2. So that's a lot a of uh, that's a lot of cult classics right there. What a time to be alive! What a year to be born! <laughs> <laughs> when I was born, all these movies were born too. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. Uh, so here we go. This could have been the reason why uh, our two main leads didn't have chemistry. So some of the actors were secretly gay at the time. So during production, um, including Craig Thomas, so that was the black guy who played Ben. Oh. And Kevin Spritters, who played Nick, Tina's love interest. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought those little denim booty shorts were a bit of a giveaway. You know, <laughs> when you were wearing at the start, I was like, oh, this guy. Um, and over the years, this movie has been nicknamed by fans Friday the 13th. <laughs> <laughs> so very much in the vein of uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. Um, a little bit gay. Um, so because of the movie being heavily censored by the MPAA, fans have also nicknamed this movie Friday the 13th Part 7, The No Blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely wasn't as yeah. bloody. And the last Actually, bit of trivia. So, of course, we have an entry in our top 12 boobs of Friday the 13th. Oh. So, Elizabeth Caton, who played Robin, she was voted number three. Um, I think you do see her boobs very briefly. She's the one with, like, the big mouth. She has a very big smile. Um, yeah. And I think she said she was stoned when she was, like, having sex mm -hmm. or something. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she got voted number three. So, well, well done, I guess. <laughs> good for her. Oh, well. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, initial thoughts, Ashley. So, we were riding a high after the last one, right? With part six. Yeah, this one. Did that high remain or did no. it plummet back down? <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I, I knew it. I had a sneaking suspicion. So, tell me yeah, what, what this you one, think. So... It was just boring. Mm. And the whole psychokinetic, whatever, 
baloney, just felt forced. Mm -hmm. And the storyline just didn't make any sense. However, I do have a however. Mm -hmm. Jason was really cool in this Mm -hmm. one. (laughs) There we go. That's it. And I appreciate and love the fact that we got to spend a little bit more time with him. Mm -hmm. Um when they were like dueling or whatever. Like I liked that a lot. If it had more of that, more of him and less of her and whatever her stupid backstory was, (laughs) I'd be totally down for this movie. Yeah. Well, I actually echo everything you said. Like I I totally agree with you that it has its dull moments and it is kind of stupid and forced, the whole, you know, story of Tina. But it's yeah, for me that the shining light in this is Jason and just the the quality of Jason in this movie brings it way back up for me. Oh, yeah. I actually he... really like this one for that reason. And I overlook all the rest of the stuff that doesn't work just because of how strong that element is in this movie for me. You know, yeah. Kane Hodder he, he is did... Jason. He did really good and like... I do feel like this Jason was a little bit more menacing. Oh, hell yeah. Kane Hodder's Jason is terrifying. And, like, just the way that he would, like... It wasn't even that he was walking fast or walking slow. Mm -hmm. But just the way that he walked was just, like, with a purpose, but not, like, too... I don't know, too hasty. I don't know, it's weird. It's just like, <laughs> it was just creepy. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's just, his presence is just terrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a step down from Jason Lives for me, obviously. But I don't think it's a terrible movie. Um, it has its issues, but yeah, Kane Hodder as Jason is just a highlight. You know, his presence alone makes the movie worthwhile. And that brings it up for me from like a below average to an above average slasher. Um, but it is very much a movie of two halves, it, it, you know, in the vein of, uh, the two protagonists, it's very much a movie of two halves. Um, so yeah. I'll read out, I'll read out the storyline and then we can talk about that. So after Jason Voorhees was chained to the bottom of Camp Crystal Lake by Tommy Jarvis, a young telekinetic girl known as Tina Shepard accidentally killed her father with her powers at Crystal Lake. Years later, Tina and her mother return to Camp Crystal Lake, where Tina's doctor tries to manipulate her powers for his own evil plans. <laughs> Tina then tries to resurrect her father, but accidentally awakens Jason instead. <laughs> it's now up to Tina to use her powers to stop Jason and her evil doctor. <laughs> I mean, I can't get through reading that without laughing because it is so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> You know, it's <laughs> yeah, it is, I don't just... understand <laughs> where they got that from. <laughs> well, they got it from Carrie, clearly. Um, but that I mean, they were re- really reaching of ways to think of how do we physically bring him back up from the bottom of the lake? How do we resurrect him? Right. I, mean, I guess that was the main driving point for that plot. <laughs> You know, and they just had to kind of run with it. And, you know, they they said that they wanted Freddy and they couldn't get him. So they needed an adversary for Jason, some some superpowers, I guess. Um, But, yeah, even trying to comprehend or, like, reason with this in reality, it's I guess it's not worth doing because it is just so ridiculous. And, 
none of it really makes any sense, does it? <laughs> no. I mean, the fact that, like, okay, so, I mean, obviously, it's a Jason movie. Like, not a lot makes sense about the Jason yeah. movies, right? Yeah. But we can appreciate that because... Just because, like, the other movies actually, you know, had sort of a storyline. This one was just, like, out of left field. Like, it just mm. didn't... I don't know, like, the literal, like, words out of my mouth were like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's not... It doesn't feel very Friday, does it? To right, have someone exactly. with telekinetic powers. However, you know, I really love... I mean, I'm skipping right to the end here, but... That's the strongest part. The end, like the face-off between the two of them. Oh, yeah, that was the strongest in- part. Incredible yeah. stunts by Kane Hodder. Like, he got beaten the shit out of in this. He got set on fire. Like, you know, he fell That explosion through. scene was pretty sick, though. Yeah, I mean, th- that part was awesome about this. Like, having him face off with Tina, yeah, they got that part right because it was very entertaining to watch. Um. But the rest of it and getting to that point was a bit of a slog and didn't make sense in parts. Yeah, and uh, it did. It took way too long for us to get to Jason. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I would have been fine if it was either a Jason movie or a wannabe Carrie movie. Like if they would have separated those two things and made it a movie out of those things separately, been fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, I was I mean, happy when Jason came. The whole opening with, um, I mean, obviously, not not the opening with the, the montage of stuff, because obviously that's, it's kind of, that's a weak part, isn't it? But I suppose you need it at this point, because there has been so many others, and yeah. to get to this point, it's like, well, how, why is in the lake, all the rest of it? I mean, I guess that was done as well as it could be, but, so the opening with Tina as a, as a kid, and we get her parents fighting and the dad's obviously drinking and slapping the mum about mm-hmm. and uh, then she runs off uh, gets in a boat goes on to crystal lake and he follows her onto this jetty and um then she's like screaming at him does she say like i wish you were dead or something yeah. like that or yeah like and then the, the jetty just kind of like <laughs> comes apart and just like he just falls in yeah in and that lake, part was right? poorly poorly made too like i felt like it just looked like you were at an amusement park yeah <laughs> watching that on one movie. of those yeah and one of those things that you walk on where it's like moving about i don't know what they're called do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but i thought like i mean first of all i know we shouldn't go into like it being accurate to real life but that fall like wouldn't kill him he's in he's in like the shallow end of the lake first right. of all um Unless he gets, like, knocked out or impaled by a I was going to say, it would have been cool like, if they would have just shown that he was, like, impaled or something. Cause... Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of weird uh, to have that, you know, as an opening. <laughs> um, and then what happens after that? I suppose then we just go straight, straight into, like, where she yeah. is now. Where uh, she's, she's an in, adult. She's in the car with her mum. With the sweet-ass, you know, sweet mullet. Her mom's hair, though. That mullet. <laughs> so then we find out that she's um, very similar to Tommy, you know, sort of like got PTSD from this traumatic event. 
She's mm-hmm. been in- institutionalized, uh, you know, has got problems with her mental health because of it. And she's getting treated by this crazy doctor who's instructed that she leaves wherever she was being detained and returns to her childhood home where this traumatic event happened. Um, so I'm guessing that he's seen signs of her telekinesis in this institute that she's been in with him. And he wants to escalate that and make it more intense by, you know, telling her to go back to live where this happened. Um, Dumbass. So then we get, <laughs> for whatever reason, I mean, it says here his evil plans, but to be honest, I, th- I just think he's like a curious guy because, I mean, obviously this is what he's studying and what he's done with his right. life. And he's, I mean, if anyone stumbled across someone with telekinetic powers, you'd be like, holy shit, you know, like, let's see what can be done here. You know, try, try and move things with your mind. This is crazy. Um, so she's not been back here since she was a kid. They arrive and then next door house is like just a, a party full of, full of teenagers, right? Uh, throwing, a, throwing a party. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? <laughs> um, so yeah, then they arrive and um, this doctor's there. So what did you think of the doctor and his character and acting? That is kind of bland. <laughs> I mean, I thought his acting was wild. I mean, it was weird. Like, I felt that the acting was almost like a, a movie of two halves, too. Because the stuff with Tina and her mum and the doctor was very much like a high drama, like... Yeah. Like, doctor, fix a, me. On a different level of acting. And I don't mean that in a good way. I just mean it was completely yeah. different to what was going on with the teens and, and there acting and i'm doing air quotes <laughs> do you know what i mean it was just oh like, yeah for sure it was very jarring to have that two different sort of tones of acting um and then obviously you know she gets upset for some reason and then she goes out onto the is, is rajetti still there or she just goes to the lake and um lake. i think there is a jetty rebuilt there but she goes out there and then she is she trying to summon her dad back to life? Mm-hmm. Is that? But he—he he surely is not still at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? That makes no sense. Like, do, or does she just? But you feel... would also think that if they would find the dad's body, wouldn't have they seen Jason's body? Like, I don't. Yeah, know. exactly. I mean, maybe they've not been in exactly the same place, but. But still, I mean, still... oh, that'd be so freaky. You're just like going to get one dead body and then... <laughs> oh, there's another. <laughs> Actually, that would have been a better story. You yeah, know, like, that would have if, been. If they were just dragging the lake for a different dead body and then came across Jason. <laughs> have we just wrote a better movie? Than, than we just wrote a fan film. <laughs> yes. Um... Yeah, so I guess it's just that, I mean, first of all, I don't know why she'd want to bring him back because he was a fucking asshole and a woman right. beer, like a drunk woman beer, whatever. Better off dead. Yeah, but then <laughs> but she's like, like so upset. She's like, oh, he's dead, blah, blah, blah. He's not coming back. I'm like, dude, you were the one that killed him. Why yeah. are you so upset? <laughs> and then so I guess the idea is that she feels a presence in the lake and then she thinks, oh, that's my dad. I better bring him back to life. <laughs> like what? Anyway, this happens um, for reasons. 
because apparently she's not only telekinetic, but she can resurrect. I know. I was like, how is telekinesis <laughs> and resurrecting a body the same thing? Yeah, but this this just happens. So there's that. It's dumb. And then I just I love Jason coming back and coming out of the lake. Like he's just so gross looking and scary and imposing and the look of him with his like his skeleton out you know mm-hmm. and he's he's rotted away like half of his mask's fallen off like you can see his like his jaw with his skull and his teeth and he just he looks fucking amazing like he looks so scary um so what did you think of the setting of this I thought it was pretty. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I love it. That's another big plus for me. Another big reason why I like this film so much is the setting. Like, obviously, you know, we're back on Crystal Lake. I love that. Literally, these houses are literally on the lake. So that's great. Um, And I love the houses. I mean, it also reminds me of, like, my childhood because I grew up in places like this in the Lake District. Okay. So it's like very nostalgic and personal to me you know it sort of brings back those kind of vibes so i love the setting in this um what about the cinematography what did you think about the way it looked i thought the cinematography was good but the editing and now that i know that they had to cut so much out now Mm. i know why because i did it even in the beginning i was like this is really choppy yeah yeah i I definitely agree with that um but the cinematography wasn't terrible no, it was fine. It was it was nothing special though. It's like, but it's perfectly serviceable as like a slasher, mm-hmm. you know. Um, favorite character? I mean, without a doubt, Jason for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kane Hodder is my favorite actor to play Jason, um, and Part Seven is my favorite Jason look. Um, yeah, his look was pretty cool. Just the full on decomposing zombie Jason. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so scary and creepy. It's a nice touch. Like, yeah to make him more scary and kane is just so terrifying anyway and just so threatening and brutal so that on top of his look it just works so effectively um but aside from like jason and tina i didn't really like any of the other characters at all i didn't Uh, really like tina do you not know no she kind of annoyed me um no i didn't really care for any of the other ones It's not on the level of, like, part four where I hated them. It's just they just didn't do anything for me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I've got nothing against them. I don't mind watching them. I mean, I suppose that that fellow was a bit weird and a bit annoying, the one that was, like, wrapping himself up like a mummy and that was, like, obsessed with making a D&D game or Mm -hmm. some kind of... Yeah, he was annoying. There's always got to be an annoying one, though, I guess. Actually love to hate that girl the blonde girl with the pearls mm-hmm. i've forgotten her name um but i thought she did a good job of like being the the uber bitch she did know? and she got a great comeuppance as well like just right in the face that scene where she just, just like pull, he just hits her in the face and then just like flings her and like toodaloo that's the last so of her good. so good just froze her into the tv um yeah there's some there's some good kills in this as well. Like I like the kills. Um, obviously they could have been better because they were cut so much. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite kill? 
I don't know if my favorite kill, but I thought the whenever that girl who like wants that guy, but the other girl's like, no, you need to clean up or whatever because she wasn't quote unquote pretty. Oh, yeah. I was like, she got she died before she was able to make her debut with her new glow up. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was tragic and sad. That wasn't it. That yeah. scene was actually great. Like, well, it, it had the potential to be great. Do you know what I mean? Like the mm. whole, because I love a good chase and a good like hide. And it it had that moment in it where it was like, oh, you know, like she's hiding from him. And it was like, it was pretty cool. Like it was well directed for a minute. Um, I just wish we could have seen more of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I do, I do like the way that Jason sort of broke through the wall and grabbed her. Yeah, that, that part was- actually made me jump. Yeah, it was cool. Um, my favorite kill has got to be the sleeping bag. You know, uh, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I like that one too because I was. I remember you were saying that there was a that kind of kill in there. Yeah, it's it's an iconic one and it's a fan favorite and for good reason. It's just Man, so that would funny. Suck. Yeah, it would suck. It's I I love that whole scene to be honest because it's just so funny, isn't it? Where she's like, "Come and get me, you big hunk of a man." And then, and then he's like, all right, then. <laughs> just fucking drags her out of that tent in that sleeping bag. Cool shot where she's just like clawing at the ground as he's like pulling her away. Um, I don't like sleeping bags that much. I mean, I don't mind using them like for warmth, but I don't like zipping myself in them. You feel claustrophobic. I get so claustrophobic. Yeah. And like, that would just be my nightmare. <laughs> There's a cool uncut scene um, where Jason is literally, well, sorry, Kane is literally like bashing this sleeping bag against the tree and he does it multiple times. Um, And then as he like does the last one and like throws her down, he's kind of like out of breath and like, like does like a huff, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and um I think is that the final one that they they kept that one, they, but they just did the one the one hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was actually pretty well edited that they didn't do multiple. It was more effective with the one, I think. Um, an honourable mention to another favourite kill of mine in this: the party horn in the eye. Um, so funny. Oh yeah, like that was pretty <laughs> so, cool. So funny when it honks when he pushes it in. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Um, so, what was your favorite scene then? I liked the the scene where the house exploded a lot. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. That I think that was real as well. It's been a while since I've watched all the extras for this, but I could have sworn that that was like a it wasn't a miniature. That was like a full size house blowing up. Dope. And you could tell as well because um, the way that the the camera actually moved when the explosion happened. Um, you know, because because the the force of that explosion, it kind of like moved the camera, <laughs> and obviously they only had one take. And I'm sure I don't know if I'm right, but I'm sure they said that it was bigger than they expected, and that they sort of they had more. They had they put more explosion explosives in than they should have, and it was like a fucking giant explosion. They weren't expecting it to be that big. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean before that is mine just the whole the whole climax with jason versus tina like 
it's absolutely ridiculous and amazing at the same mm-hmm. time. You know, like Kane with all his stunts getting an absolute battering, you know, like. Yeah, and she keeps thinking fucking... he's dead, but he's not. And then yeah. she's like, okay, I killed him. And then she doesn't. Because he, he falls through stairs and then, like, obviously gets set on fire. And then when he comes out, he gets a roof, you know, collapse on him. This is all, like, yeah. real full-size shit. Like, Kane's a fucking, a fucking legend for putting himself through all this shit. Um, and uh, which other ones were like, oh, yeah, I like the one with... Um, the touch-up work girl, where she dis- discovers the corpse of her friend and mm-hmm. then hides from him and then he bursts through the wall. Um, yeah, shame that a kill is off-screen, though. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, yeah. But I will say that this probably has the worst end scene in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so bad. Like, obviously, that's because they had to l- literally rewrite the ending and rush it because of the production issues but man doesn't it show yeah. like that was fucking terrible what a wet fart of an ending like considering how amazing the stunts and the sequence was like right before it like the house blowing up and then you get you get this ending where they're on the jetty kane throws tina and that was actually la part lincoln as well she fucking goes down on that jetty when he throws her and then she does she summon her dad or does he just decide to pop up from the lake no she summons him she summons summons her dead dad who for some reason they left in the lake um and also some reason he looks like he's been in there for maybe you know 30 minutes not Mm -hmm. not 30 years or however long it's meant (laughs) to have been (laughs) he's got a bit of mud on him he's a bit wet um and he bursts through the wood and the jetty and and grabs Jason and takes him under with him. And it's just like, I mean, what did you think at that moment? It was just trash. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Just fucking stupid, isn't it? I mean, there was a different version of this and I'll put the picture up on our Instagram um, where they did him out like a zombie and they had full on zombie makeup for him. And made him look like he'd been down there rotting, same as Jason, you know. That which would have been nice. Would have been better. And I don't know why they well, I do know why. It was one of the members of the production team said that they didn't like the makeup. They said it looked stupid. <laughs> but as opposed to what? The guy with the mud on his face? Like, come on. <laughs> like it just didn't make any sense at all. Um and I yeah. and you know, I rewatched this one quite a bit because I do actually like it. And I've come to the a piece in my in my mind now. I'm I'm thinking, okay, this was Tina's imagination. And this was just she was just she just summoned, you know, a father what in her she mind. Thought he would what look she like. thought, yeah, and this is what happened. And it was actually just a jetty exploding. And she just it was pieces of wood that dragged him down you know the way she used that um that wire you know she can Mm -hmm. move things can't she and she used the wood to like batter him back down and into the lake or something so that's my version of it (laughs) i I mean that actually makes a lot of sense though yeah because she is still crazy she could be hallucinating you know she could be making things up so this is this is my version of the ending (laughs) 
but yeah, it's just a letdown, isn't it? Because it really it makes it laughable. I mean, obviously there's some ridiculous parts throughout the movie and it is a trashy slasher, but it genuinely just makes it laughable. Like not one person can take that seriously, surely. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. Um what about the music? What do you think about the score mm. in this? I really didn't like the beginning score. It really kind of annoyed me. Mm. And the I didn't like the ha thing either. They like sped it up or added more or something. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a mess. I, I mean, it didn't. Like, what is this? Didn't really work for me. I mean, I like the Harry Manfredini bits, obviously, because it's Harry Manfredini. But yeah, the sound editing and the, the choices that they made for using different parts and, like you said, speeding them up and stuff like that didn't work. And obviously, Tina's theme, I mentioned before, sounded like The Exorcist slash Carrie to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't get that out of my mind. Like, every time it's on, that's all I hear. And it doesn't help that they keep playing it over and over. You know, like, it's a, it's in the film a lot, you know, just to stress that this is this is the carry bit you know like <laughs> this is the yeah. jason bit like <laughs> and it is a bit jarring it doesn't really flow what is it with that trope and young women being able to move things with their minds because they've had a troubled childhood <laughs> imagine if that were true like <laughs> i'd be moving everything <laughs> No, we do doing kidding, all your but... like Matilda. <laughs> right, like Matilda. Okay, yeah, like Matilda and Carrie and yeah. Tina and, you know, all There's these no other dudes. movies. It's just weird. No dudes that can do it. Well, I mean, dudes just turn into serial killers if they had a fucked up childhood. That's what happens. Yeah, but so... that's real life, okay? Dudes, dudes turn into Michael Myers and girls turn into Carrie. <laughs> now I wish, but dudes just turn into michael myers and <laughs> dudes don't need a reason to turn into michael myers this is the thing yeah <laughs> they just turn into kyle at the drop of a hat you know speaking of that i can't wait for this new a24 movie men oh what's this i've, I've not heard of it <gasps> oh you haven't it called? it's called men it's called men right okay it's a horror film about men i mean men are a horror film of their own you I know. know you should watch <laughs> the, the preview for it i think it's british Oh, fucking hate British or things. European. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know where it's like. Uh, to be. Do you really hate British? British? Honestly, I do. This is why I'm so obsessed with American shit because British stuff just bores me. Um, it just doesn't do anything for me. And I was thinking about this the other day and how I'm kind of punishing you with the amount of cheap slashes that I'm making you watch at the moment. And I know that Ash is getting bored of them because he's bored of slashes. Um, And the reason why I love slashes so much is mainly because they're American. And as I've expressed before many times, I'm obsessed with everything American. And it's just (laughs) spending time in 80s America, early (laughs) 90s America, that I fucking love. No, I love it. It's like getting to see, like, you know, the, the teens partying. I know that, sound, that sounded really creepy, but do you know what I mean? Like that whole. But it's so it's, funny because I'm the same like, way with like. I guess I'm not obsessed with everything English, but 
I do like a lot of things. I like a lot of British movies and you like skins. Shows. I love skins. Oh my god! Don't See, get me I hate started. skins. Don't get me started. Skins I li- and misfits. I lived that, and, and it wasn't that glamorous. Shameless. Shameless was really good. It's just no, I can't because those are lives that I've lived. So I don't want to watch them because it's boring to me. I want to watch something exotic, like teens partying in 80s America and, you know, high school teens in Scream and stuff like that. Exotic to me, too. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I guess it's just because I've grown up with this idea because I got obsessed with America when I went to Florida for the first time when I was a teenager. And ever since then, I've just romanticized. You went like literally to the butthole of America. <laughs> I love Florida. Did what I tell you that? What's the I, worst? I was so upset when I get, got back off that holiday that I cried and I said that I wanted to go back to my mum. <laughs> I was like, I miss Florida. Like, <laughs> like Texas, I that much. Texas is a wild state, but Texas <laughs> isn't. Nothing is Florida. Florida is Florida. It's just everyone just seems so nice there. Like they all told me to have a nice day and like, you know. Oh, that's just <laughs> it was lovely. This whole end part of America. Like if you go up to like the like New York and New Jersey area, like they're all mean. <laughs> yeah, I stopped over in New York. And that's where Kevin to... is from. Okay, everybody, he's from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Is that near <laughs> is that near <laughs> New York or not? It's close to New York. It's like right there on the border, yeah. Does he have like an accent then? Yes, but the only time when it really is strong or prominent is when he's talking to his family. Other than Um, that, I mean, it's like a slight mm -hmm. accent. Um, So has he lived here for a while then where you are now? He's been here for eight years, I think. Right. We've been together for six of those eight. Because people tend to... Their accent shifts a bit, you know, if they live in a different place with a different accent. Like my oh, yeah, family, for sure. My family moved down south, um, I don't know, I want to say about 10 years ago. Um, and they have a different accent now. It's, you know, more like a southern accent. Um, and it's weird. <laughs> so what's, what's a southern accent? Like, can you do it? Oh, no, I'm not doing a southern accent. Um, but it's it's kind of like a little bit Bristolian because Bristol is kind of near Bath. Um, it's quite posh and it's I don't want to say like a London accent because London's quite far, but London's still south. Do you know what I mean? It sounds mm-hmm. there's a north and south divide, and you can have a northern accent, which is what I've got, and a southern accent, which is kind of what they've slipped into now. Um, yeah, and it's very posh, and I guess northern. The- Northerners are kind of common. (laughs) East Texas accents are just like. Are they the Boomhauers? It's like, it's kind of like Boomhauer, but like worse. I don't know. It's weird. Like I used to work with a guy from East Texas and I'm like, dude, like I had to ask him. I'm like, what part of Texas are you from? (laughs) Like I'm from East Texas. I was like. Okay, that makes sense. Because, <laughs> like, in the Austin area, you know, we're pretty much hippies or whatever here. Not really, but um, so there's not like, too many strong, thick country accents. Yeah. So is Austin, it's kind of, like, gentrified, and it's kind of, like, the cool, oh, hip, pl- hip place to be. It's so gentrified. It's yeah. terrible. Like, 
<laughs> so it's not it. so it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre area. Oh no, it's complete city and you know homeless you, people on every corner and. You, you used to live very near there, didn't you, where it was filmed? Um, actually, turns out that the house where it used to be or something like that is like literally like 10 minutes from where I live right now. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Because I, I know that gas station. The gas uh, station is from the movie is in my mm-hmm. hometown. Right. That's Which like we'll a, go to whenever you come. Honestly, that would be a fucking dream come true for me. And they sell like... Um, so they, you can actually stay there and sleep. They have little cabins. <laughs> and then, then there's. Do shops. they have someone going around that is leatherface? Like, do you no, hear I just like a chainsaw so. in the middle of the night? Can you imagine? I wouldn't stay there. Um, <laughs> it's also a barbecue restaurant, which I know you yeah. would eat barbecue. That's so funny that they do barbecue there. <laughs> and then, like, they have a whole bunch of like horror uh, decor and things that you yeah. can buy, one of a kind things too. So. Oh fuck. I would absolutely love it. Like, it's a it's a dream of me to visit all these locations. Um, I've got them all in like lists on my phone and stuff, like where they are. Obviously, mm-hmm. I want to do all the Halloween locations in California and you know Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I'd let's love just, to do all, all the Fridays as well. Let's all four save up money, take a whole month off, and just go. <laughs> yes, that is the dream. And explore. The we, dream, could do a po- we could do a traveling podcast <gasps> and videos and stuff like that. Yes. For the Patreons. Patreon yep. exclusive. <laughs> Horror homeschool on location. On Go tour. visit Field Mouse. Yes. Surprise! <laughs> Get down to Tennessee. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Um, we've veered from this movie. I, so. Yeah, I have no idea where <laughs> it's we fine. were even at. <laughs> There's not that much to talk about with it, is there really? Um, should we do overall thoughts of it then? Yeah. So, um, um, you go first then. It was kind of bland, other than the sick Jason parts. So I think if I was ever to like do another marathon or whatever, I would watch this one still. But I think I would probably mm-hmm. like fast forward through a lot of the yeah. Carrie Fulwish. This is the kind of movie where you can put it on before yeah. you finish what you're doing. So, like, mm-hmm. you could put that on while you're still finishing off cooking tea. And then, like, when you sit down to eat, the good parts start. Do you know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I really like this one. Obviously, the standout points are Jason and the climax of the movie. Um, in between, it's a little boring, you know, to get to that point. Uh, there's not that much to get excited about. Pacing isn't good. Not very many likable characters. And the plot with Carrie just doesn't really work for a Jason movie. Doesn't really feel yeah. like a Friday movie. Um, but overall, it's a completely inoffensive slasher, and it serves its purpose. You know, I enjoy it. Um, I mean, ranking-wise, it goes near the bottom of my list. Um, unfortunately, I do enjoy it, but it has to go at the bottom because there's other ones. Yeah, I like it goes on the bottom of mine too. So my ranking so far is six. One, two, three, five, seven, four. Golly, I gotta keep writing mine down. <laughs> uh, let's see. I liked so it's one, six. I don't remember if it was three or four. Three. 
three, mm. four, five. You missed no. two. I did miss two. One, you, six. Hate, you hated five. Five's at the bottom for you, sure. Yeah. Does this, does this run two. higher than five? <laughs> okay, so yeah. one, six, two, three, four, seven, five. Okay. So seven definitely I liked better than five. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't agree there because I've got a real soft spot for Roy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Roy. <laughs> but yeah, Kane in this is fucking great and it's a great introduction for him. I also quite like the whole birthday party theme in this because that's not one that you get often in a slasher or at least one yeah. that I've seen. And it sounds sad, but like I like to watch this like on my birthday because it kind of makes me feel like that's my birthday party. Aww. <laughs> I'm the one that's been killed in the woods and I'm never going to make it to the birthday party. But everyone's thrown this nice party for me. So it kind of makes me. Um, yeah, they still had a good time. The you know, there was like three couples all doing it at the same time. You know, <laughs> fun times. Well, I'd say ridiculous. two and a half hey, oh. because that chick was just using that weird kid. Yeah, that was a weird scene and quite triggering for me. <laughs> Aww. Did that happen to you? Mean, you mean you only got with me because you were drunk? <laughs> oh, shoot. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny that, isn't it? All of a sudden there's just like three teens, three couples having sex. Like, it's very funny and very Friday. It does have some very Friday parts in it. I think it's just the carry thing that is just uh, out of place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that about does it for the episode. Um, shout out to our wonderful Patreon supporters, John Howard, Nicole. Uh, sorry, I've forgotten your last name. What's Nicole's last name? Um, Nicole Thonin. Cole hyphenated Cole. Yeah, shout out to Nicole. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Ryan Horn, of course, number one fan. And of course, the musical maestro and the composer of our wonderful theme song, Fieldmouse. Everyone go and check out his music. Go to offbrandmusic.com for his solo stuff and all of her twitch.net for his band. Oh yeah, and I love listening to this. Special shout out to our friends over at Drunken Horror Podcast. Great yes. bunch of girls. Hello. And it's a really fun podcast. Uh, everyone should go and check it out. Um, speaking of accents as well, like they're all from Brighton, which is down south, um, and they do have very posh southern accents. Yeah, so. they all three have different styles of accents. So yeah, I was speaking to Rebecca the other day, and she, she's not originally from Brighton; she's from somewhere else. I can't remember, but um, that's the one that sounds like Kieran Knightley. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a great podcast and. We've actually been asked to guest on it, so, so we will be on one of their episodes. Um, we're going to be discussing drunken. <laughs> I'm going to say drunken hotties. Then <laughs> we're going to be discussing hotties in horror. So we're going to be talking about our horror movie crushes, and I can't wait for that. I've made my top five <laughs> list already. I'm still having a hard time because there's so many. So many hot people in horror movies. I know. I'm I've had to edit. I've had to edit mine down. I've I had like ten originally, so I've had to be had to be brutal and edit them down. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait to be on that episode and talk with those lovely ladies. Um, I've been listening to their episodes. Um, they've just done a Rosemary's Baby one. I have not listened an, to it yet because I have not seen that movie. Exactly the same for me, and it's been on my watch list for years. 
and now they've given me a reason to watch it. Yep, same. And I, I love following podcasts like that that make you do things that you're going to do anyway, so you can listen along and follow along with them. So, um, yeah, loads of fun. Go and check them out. But, yeah, stay tuned to our socials because I'll be dropping um, links to that episode that we're on. Um, Ashley, do you have any special mentions or shout outs? No, I'm just happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there and all the pet moms as well. Yeah. Because you guys matter too. Of course. Because you sometimes wake up with cat butthole in your face and, you know, <laughs> that's not fun. Field Mouse will know all about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Field Mouse has a cat butthole in his face at least four times a day. <laughs> Um, so go to horrorhomeschool.com for links to everything, including all of our socials and where you can listen to the show. There you will also find a link to our brand new Patreon. That is patreon.com slash horrorhomeschool. And there we've got three episodes up at the moment. We've just uploaded a new one. Um, so we've got two Friday the 13th fan movie reviews and one episode of our spin-off show, Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod, uh, with many more to come. So you need to go and check them out because they're all really great episodes. I'm not just saying that. I kind of wish that we could put them on our main feed, but that defeats the object, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but everyone needs to go listen to them. You know, if you enjoy this show, you'll like these episodes too. Um, because it's us two idiots and even more cool people. So <laughs> <laughs> go and go and listen, go and subscribe at patreon.com slash horror homeschool. Um, the link will be in the description of this show. Uh, and all you need to do is give, give us $1 a month and then you'll gain access to tons of bonus content, including those episodes I've just mentioned. And you'll also get a coupon code for our Etsy store. So go do it. Yeah. And we will have a new merch store launching soon on TeePublic. And it may even be out when this episode drops. So keep an eye on the socials for updates about that. We've got loads of cool new T-shirt designs that we can't wait to drop. I know Ashley's chomping at the bit to release them all. <laughs> Um, send in your comments and questions and feel free to DM us on Instagram and Facebook or you can email us contacthorrorhomeschool at gmail.com and for personal social media stuff you can follow me on Instagram at Chris J Wakefield and me underscore Baberham Lincoln underscore we will be back soon with another episode and remember you need a little touch up work <laughs>